If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, for the first 41 minutes, we have fun. We do a lot of introductory conversation. Real fun. After 41 minutes, we get into the fitness talk. But here's what we talked about in the beginning part of this episode. We start out by talking about liquid death. Liquid death. This stuff has killed more people than anything ever in the history of the world. And it's, we're selling it. It's water. Yeah. But it comes in a really cool can. You got to check out their Instagram. It's hilarious. Uh, then we give our little recap of our trips. I went to the Grand Canyon with Justin, Doug, and our families. Good times. Adam went to, where'd you go again, Adam? Lake Tahoe. Truckee, yep. Truckee, yep. You went there with your friend. We tell some stories about how fun it was uh, on vacation. Then we talked about traveling with kids. It's not that fun. Then we talked about <laughs> Endgame yeah. uh, and the box office record that they just sent. And then we talk about smashing J.J. Abrams, uh, Justin's other favorite producer. I love that guy. Then we get Come into on our show. the fitness part of this episode. The first fitness question, what is a great exercise to get arm definition. If you want to know the secret exercise to guarantee arm definition, <laughs> listen to that part You're of this episode. You're going to have to pay $50 uh, behind our paid wall. The next question was hammer strength machines versus free weights. This is a good machines versus free weights conversation. The next question, for someone who is perpetually yo-yo dieted, how do you get to a place where their hunger is regulated? Hunger is what prevents everybody from getting to their fitness goals, or at least I should say cravings. Mm. We give our tips on how to help regulate that. Got to hang up that yo-yo. And the final question, in our opinion, what is a good career path in the future that includes health, nutrition, and fitness? So if you're somebody that wants to work with health, fitness, and nutrition, where should you start placing your focus in terms of your career? Also, it's the final hours. Ends at midnight, 50% off MAPS split. This is our bodybuilder split program. Holy spicoli. If you're listening to this episode when it gets released, lucky you, you still have time to get 50% off. Here's what you do. Go to MAPS split, M-A-P-S-S-P-L-I-T.com and use the code SPLIT50, S-P-L-I-T-5-0 for that discount. Hurry up. Do it now. Run. T-shirt time. And it's T-shirt time. Oh, shit, Doug. You know this is my favorite time of the week. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had quite a few uh, excellent reviews this week. We have three winners for iTunes. We've got uh, Drops of Jewels, Brit147, DC Christine. You're all winners. On Facebook, we have Caitlin Buckley, Maria Silva Vega, Katie Johnson, Trevor Ottman, Joanna Caswell, all of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, include your Instagram handle, and we'll get that shirt right out to you. Adam, what are you drinking? Uh, just some basic Kirkland water. He's You're a pussy. A basic bitch. Yeah. What? Bro, we just get start drinking liquid death. <laughs> Bro, how great is this can? You, right you here? know you want that liquid death. How how great is this can that they that they put the water in? It's so fucking metal, dude. Can I just tell you how much I love the branding? <laughs> it looks like a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Adam's uh making the sounds like he's drinking. Yeah. Uh, does it does it taste as good as uh death? Yeah. Do you feel tough? Yeah. Dude, I, I'm super pumped about working with this brand. This is uh, 
kudos to Taylor. I've been stroking this kid off a lot lately with his uh, his brands that he's been a, in introducing us to. This one, I think, I was most excited to show Justin because I felt yes. like this, of all the brands that we've partnered with, I thought this brand speaks to you. It's it's More like my spirit was, animal, right? But yeah. their their Instagram page is hilarious. Oh, it's so great! I I love it. But did you read the can? <laughs> yeah, murder your thirst. No, it says Where? our proprietary thirst murdering process begins with <laughs> liquid death forming a rope of veins that will wrap around your thirst head and strangle it. Once liquid death reaches your thirst's brain. All of your thirst memories will be replaced with repeating loops of its own head imploding, <laughs> which is exactly what happens next by it causing your thirst head to implode and its brains to squirt out of its ears. Once your thirst has been murdered, the soul of your thirst will begin to escape and float toward the ceiling. Yeah. At this point, drink a second sip of liquid death to rip its soul back down and force it to begin gluing its own body parts together <laughs> so that it can crawl back inside you and eventually grow into another fully formed thirst. That's once so again. fucking metal, <laughs> These dude. These guys are so great. Well, uh, you know, it, love it, it. we're yeah. laughing because it is, it is really good. Brilliant, but Margaret. there is, uh, I mean, they're disruptors in a space, which mm -hmm. this is what um, I think we all connected uh, with their CEO and, why we love this brand and uh, just being completely transparent with our audience. Like this is a brand play with us. Like uh, we know that the, the amount of units that we would have to sell of water to justify like an ongoing long-term sponsorship is just unrealistic. But yeah. this is something that I think we, uh, we care about helping these guys out because they have a, they have a good message, a good cause. They're disruptors in their space. Their brand is dope as fuck. Yeah. And this is kind of us like introducing to our audience. And hopefully you guys all go out out of support. Just literally go out and support this brand because I'm excited to see it take off. And one of the things they're doing, and I read an article, I think I mentioned it on this podcast, I might not have, in regards to plastic in the ocean. Mm -hmm. And they, they predicted by like, 20, it was 2025 or 2050. I can't remember which one it was, but not that in our lifetime, they predict that there'll be more plastic in the ocean than there will be fish. And so their kind of their big message is, you know, liquid in a can. Yeah. And so it's just Death to plastic. Well, right. I didn't know this, but it, cans are extremely recyclable, extremely easily easy to recycle. It's actually uh, uh, what's the word? Market viability in terms of the recyclability. It's preferred. So, and well, plastic's not. Plastic is not. It's hard to recycle plastic. Nobody wants to recycle plastic. It's expensive. Cans are valuable, so people like to recycle them. Um, so environmentally speaking, yeah, it's a superior product. And then if you get nervous about BPAs and all that kind of stuff, like we've had Max Lugavere on talking about, yeah. like this is another way to kind of avoid yeah. that. The thing that's the the but the can is just in in the branding is I love because when you're at a party, dude, it, it makes he made they made a good point. Like you're at a party. And you don't want to drink alcohol. You don't want to have a little Fiji like Nee. No. Yeah. Like, no, you want liquid death. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, like I'm here to party with you guys, but not really. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, like I'm down, but like I'm I'm conservative. Yeah, anyway. Well, they they also, you know, they were ones responsible. They did the um Organic Valley uh, Save the Bros commercial, which was same marketing guys, yeah. same marketing team. Well, did you guys see the YouTube uh, clip, the Liquid Death one? Was oh, it? You we're going to put that in the show notes for everybody. Needs to go watch that. Their first video they came out with so oh, hilarious. With the waterboarding, offensive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, so, terrible. Great disruptors in the space. Great product. Great brand. Uh, you know, if you can go out and show support, they, I know they uh, direct to consumers. By the time this goes live, the brand is up and live. So. 
they we were waiting to release this to everybody. We've kind of known about this for a while. Been excited to uh, wait for their launch date and officially get out there. So. Oh, yeah. See, it says right here, the average aluminum can contains 70% recycled material. The average plus plastic bottle contains only 3%. You know, it's funny because the the market for water is so they, – they play around the whole like peace and love the earth and we're you know, natural yeah. and whatever – but they're plastic. But they're plastic bottles. It's like one of the biggest polluters in, yeah. in modern societies. Yeah. It's insane. But they play. They play like they're not right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah we're on to you. Yeah. Hey, how was you? I mean, this is first day back since uh, everybody's trips, and you guys took the fam, including Doug, and uh, yeah. you guys all went out. Uh, yeah. To Grand Canyon, Sedona. Oh, we were so only great. one mind pumper short, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it was so great, man. You know, it was, it, so we all rented a big house and we got to hang out together, and it was great seeing the kids all play together. Yeah, like most that was of the, the time, best part. Yeah, most of the time the kids were up there, so they, this house had an air hockey table, so there was like games going on upstairs, and they were up there playing, and then we played hide and go seek one time. In the whole house, and, and then I read everybody a scary story one time, which was pretty funny. Oh, you did yeah. the scary story? Thing? I only read one yeah. because I, yeah. if I pushed it, then they would have been my they, youngest might have they had nightmares <laughs> yeah. for, for a couple days, and then it would have affected we wouldn't be yeah. able to sleep. Yeah, nobody was sleeping <laughs> anyway. But. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was funny. It was fun. One night we played uh, we played uh, Cards Against Humanity, and then we played another game that was similar. Dude, have you played that yet, Adam? Yeah, it's a great oh, game. It's oh, yeah. a good game. Great so game. I, I had my son, I said, Hey, do you want to come play? You know, because he's 13. I'm like, ah, I'm pretty sure him and his friends say. But it was funny because some of those cards are fucking terrible. Dude. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't like believe some of the, like, the descriptions of things like in the sexual like innuendo things in there. I was like, wow. So that must have been cool for him to feel like he was a part. Did he actually come do it? And- he did. He played with us for a little bit. And then, you know, and then it, but you could tell everybody was a little bit like, oh, yeah, God, we were a little more reserved. We're like, ah, <laughs> like trying to like censor it. Yeah. You this know? card says uh, jizz. I'm going to put this card back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me read the next one. No, but. Uh, but a little we, too far. We went to the Grand Canyon and we did uh, one of their easy hikes or whatever. It was still a decent hike though for the kids. But man, what a spectacular! Uh, yeah. Now remind insane. me, this was your first time there. I've never been there before. So okay, so yeah. that was cool. I yeah. think everybody it was except I had been when I was like a little kid and remembered like going down on one of those donkey tours and everything. But that was like so long ago that this was a totally new experience doing it, you know, as an adult. Yeah, it's so. one of those things where usually when you drive to a a, a place where you're going to have like spectacular nat- natural views, you can typically see it from far away because it's like a mountain or something. Yeah. But the Grand Canyon's a canyon. So you don't see that shit until you're there. Yeah. So we're yeah. driving, we're getting there, we're getting there and then we're, you know, you still don't see anything. Although the scenery's still beautiful, it's not the Grand Canyon. Right. Then we get on the shuttle, and the shuttle's taking us, and then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, yeah. shit, Whoa, it's huge. Yeah. It's so big. It's insane. Now, yeah. what do, now, what do the kids think? Because sometimes I wonder, like, especially the age group that you guys have, mm-hmm. is is it like, oh, cool, we're on to the next thing? Or were they really, like, into the whole whole thing? Like, what, how'd you guys feel? Well, yeah. Be honest, dude. Don't well, bullshit. I think that, you know, we're trying to get them from climbing on everything on that particular trail, because, like, the consequences of falling over the side were like dire (laughs) so i was like really stressed out you know like on the way down especially just because you know it was slippery and it was slick in certain areas and then i know my boys like will just like just go on a tear start climbing on everything and like you know boulders would start coming down or whatever you know i was like worried about all these things uh but they were loving it they're having a good time they were just like 
I think on the way down, everybody loved it. And then on the way up, obviously, that's where all the work is. Oh, so yeah. we were starting to get some burnouts. Well, th- like my, my, my son and Doug's daughter are almost the same age. They're both like new teenagers or whatever. And, you know, when you're that age, it's cool, I guess, kind of. But you're kind of like, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. And then the little ones are just, they want to climb shit. And then on the way up, the kids are just, you could tell they're like, tired yeah they're just fried so at one point my daughter she kept stopping and she's like i can't move anymore my legs don't work so (laughs) so at one point i'm like all right if we go from this point to the top this this was brilliant move yeah i said because i knew we were gonna do it anyway right i'm like if we make it from here to the top i got all the kids together Without stopping one time, you guys will get, be able to have whatever dessert we're you have want a for dessert. dinner. And yeah. they were like, "What? Yeah. That was <laughs> that was huge." Yeah, and they powered all. Of a sudden, all everybody's got turbo you know, <laughs> buttons on. Yeah, and everybody's climbing their way. That's all up we had all. to say, "Holy shit!" Yeah, that was all it was. But yeah. uh, no, that that was awesome. That day, um, it was hot and, and exhausting, but that was a lot of fun. Then uh, we we did uh, Sedona the next day, mm-hmm. which is gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous town, gorgeous landscape. Yeah, I had no idea. I mean, I had seen some pictures on Instagram of people going there and everything, but I didn't even realize, like, you know, the landscape there was just like amazing to look at. Like, it was totally like I, I was thrown back actually at how beautiful it was. Yeah. There. So that was the, we were walking through the town. That was fun. And then on the way back, Justin's like, dude, I saw some great places to park on the way back where there's like creeks and stuff that we can all, you know, go check out. And I'm like, that's a great idea. So we're driving down. I'm following Justin, and Justin finds a spot, pulls over. We all pull over. And then, you know, now Justin's like full-on mountain mode. I went mountain cholo mode. Yeah, I, I was I, like, well, I was just going to ask yeah. you, you, you kind of grew up like me where we're a little more country. Yeah. And this this guy's like city folk over here. Did, yeah. I mean, did that stand out at well, all? Oh, yeah. yeah. And at first, too, like there's a park there that's like Slide Rock Park or whatever. We thought about going in. You had to pay like 20-something bucks to even get it. I'm like, dude, you got to pay money to go down to the creek. It's bullshit. So <laughs> we like, like turned around, and then we kept going. I'm like, I know another spot along, you know, the creek we could just stop. And, and go down there, right. you know, and like just trailblaze. And so that's exactly what we did. We found a spot where they had like a picnic area, and then there was like some off the beaten path, like trail that led down to the creek. So we just Dude, like we just went for fucking it. Fucking dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, there's <laughs> all these like crazy gnarly rocks. It's super steep. To first get all, down you there. have to climb yeah. down to get to the creek. First of all, I yeah. thought we were done. I'm like, okay, we made it. We climbed down. Yeah. No, now they're gonna fucking walk across a log that's over the creek on two sides. Then yeah. they're going to climb up the freaking mountain. Then they're going to climb over to the other side of the, the, the river and go on other big boulders, and they're hopping across. And I'm like, yeah, dude, bro. my anxiety was fucking... <laughs> Going insane, dude. He was sweating like out his eyes. Dude, like, I was like, and I, and I looked over, and Sal would just be like over here, just like holding onto a rock, like watching like every move like, <laughs> with Alicia. And I was like, so I saw that, and I was like watching her specifically because she's like by herself, and I'm like, you know, like making sure, like you know, she like had somebody like close by, so because I could tell and, like and, Sal just has anxiety. And attack. Jessica's a monkey too. Jessica yeah. likes. In fact, she climbed a fucking tree at, at, at Grand Canyon and was doing pull on it and I'm like oh god yeah this thing breaks we're all dead but it, it, she did the same thing they're all climbing I'm like telling his kids yeah. uh, uh, don't do that no no step yeah. down J- just is oh. looking at me like brother my I'm kids like, dude they're right. gonna go yeah <laughs> and then and, they did they just went like crazy like climbing on everything yeah so I literally I, I climbed up to this on top of this rock and I'm just standing there just watching yeah. watching them all do this and just <laughs> like doing my freaking breath work like yeah 
it's gonna be okay uh, but like that was probably that the, was the best the, the most fun yeah they had which is the, the funny part yeah, you've been, you've been on part. quite the tear ever since uh you ingested your your backpacking trip up to uh when we went up to uh, washington yeah uh, since yeah. then you've been on this uh nature nature guide well dude. it's Jeez. it's first off we live in a in a seen the mountain cholo side of yeah things. We, we i mean we live in a, in a incredible country this country's so big and there's so many incredible things to see um, and I, I just feel like, I don't know, I like nature because uh, you, you go out there, it's quiet. It's just you're in awe of what you're seeing. Um, it's just a different feeling. It's different than when you go to, like, big cities too are cool too, but it's a different feeling, right? It's yeah. different than all that. And it's, I think it's good for the, for the kids. I loved seeing the kids just play and hang out together. And I love kids. So it was really, this is my first time really spending a lot of time with Justin's kids and with, uh, mm-hmm. with Doug's daughter. Yeah, same. And so, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm going to warm them up a little bit because I'm very, I love squeezing and just messing with kids. So a couple times I mess with his boys a little bit and they get kind of embarrassed. <laughs> you know, like. It took, yeah, it took especially my youngest a little while to warm up. Yeah, he, he walks out. Like, oh, yeah. He walks like, out of yeah, the bedroom yeah, with his shirt off. Don't touch me. Yeah, he's he's kind of like, like I was you know, as a kid. Like, oh, yeah. And then he finally was like, okay, you're cool. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. He walks around with his shirt off like this. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does do that. He does, do he does like the Conor McGregor walk. Yeah, just, Justin has that walk. I know, every once in a while. Oh, man. Yeah, 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 yeah really? Yeah, yeah when you work out, you get all puffed up. You get a little... <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me see your little muscles, bro. Well, let me see your little muscles. He's like, no. Squeezing his little little biceps. He's pretty yoked right now, dude. It was pretty funny. And then his oldest, Justin's oldest, is like Mr. Science Facts, which I was like totally identified with. You guys hit it off. Yeah. He's like, like, did you know that lizards, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah. That's yeah. really cool. And he's like all trying to entertain like Oh, your, my daughter? daughter. Oh, bro. There's uh, a little flirty uh, stuff going on there. It's just pretty funny. We were I was getting ready to read them the the scary stories so we turn off all the lights, right? And I had that book Scary Stories from when we were kids. Yeah. Which is fucking terrifying. So I found the least terrifying one that has a jump at the end. Uh-huh. So I figure if I make them jump at the end, they'll they'll, they'll laugh and then kind of get over it versus yeah. like a creepy story that just ends. Right, right. And then they're thinking about it all night. So I found one that was it's the one about the kid that that picks the toe from the garden and then the guy comes and tries to find it or whatever. So I'm reading this. So I'm getting ready to read the story. Lights are off. And uh, Justin's in the bedroom giving his youngest uh, a, a, a shower or whatever, getting, getting ready, putting his pajamas on. So I'm just sitting there waiting. And his oldest is just making my daughter fucking crack up. He's like walking by, doing these funny things. And she's like, ah! He's like doing the worm. Doing the worm on the ground. <laughs> oh my God, you're so funny. And I'm like, Bro, look I'm, at this I'm guy. <laughs> Running game. He's <laughs> already, he does that at school, dude, you know, all the time. Like, uh, and there's a group of girls. He's like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. And he just has this whole, like, fucking <laughs> act he does. I'm like, it's, wow. It's so great, dude. I was watching. I didn't I was teach like, him that. Yeah, I was, lo- I was loving it's it. It's Bay, bro. It's in the DNA. It's I a, guess. It's like, it's got DNA. passed out. Hound doggy. It'd be a great, you'd be great in law, so whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's Let's true. I'm a, hey, I'm okay with Let's it. Start, as long as he doesn't mind marrying a crazy Italian girl, it's all good. All right. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah, anyway. So how, now, what did you guys do? You guys went up to- now, We were up in Tahoe. Tahoe right? Yeah, we went up to Truckee. Um, it's so funny, too. We are talking about all this outdoor stuff. I grew up like that and hated it. Hated it growing up. I just- Nothing to do, it felt like. And it's funny that how things have come full circle, that I look so forward to going on a trip like that, where we just get away from- the city detached from everything. I, I, I literally put my phone down uh, for the entire four days that we were up there. I didn't uh, I didn't use it at all. It wasn't on any social media. And just that alone was uh, in, incredible for me. But we really didn't do that much. Uh, it was just uh, me and Katrina, and then we had my best friend, 
uh, Justin and his wife. Oh, with the baby, right? With the baby, yeah. So it was just, uh, the four of us and a one-year-old hanging out. Now, how was that, watching the whole... Because you got to sleep there, so you saw the baby in the morning, at yeah, night. Yeah, and you know what? And this, So the day before... Well, first of all, we had planned this trip like, I don't know, a couple months ago. And we were all lined up to uh, get a place there. And Enzo uh, heard that I was going to Tahoe over in Truckee area. And he's like, dude, that's where our cabin is. Do you want to use it? And I'm like, sure, man. I, I mean, I said, do you have enough rooms? This, that? And he's like, yeah, I think, yeah, I think there's enough rooms for you. And I'm like, okay, cool. I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. And so he asked his dad, his dad's all cool about it. They even made like a, I thought they VRBO'd it because she, he sends this link that shows like, you know, oh, when you get there, check the questions. Yeah. Right. And he's like, no, it's my, it's my mother-in-law. She's hella extra like that, bro. <laughs> I was like, oh, so no one stays here. He's like, yeah, no. But anyways, we get there. And this kid, I love this kid. Enzo's so like, you know, I guess maybe he's been born into it. So maybe he doesn't think it's a big deal or whatever. But this house is like a fucking, it's a multi-million dollar cabin. Yeah. Up there. I saw the pictures. Oh, it's crazy. It's got a fucking river that goes down the middle of it and shit. It's, <laughs> you know, I think it was six or seven bedrooms. There's three of them are master bedrooms. It's just epic epic place beautiful place and uh and pretty much empty i mean other than the the few things they have in there for them for themselves and so that not that much right uh going on in there it's beautiful so we get out there and the day we get out a day before my my best friend and his his girl come out and they they text us uh hunter the baby has got uh, the uh, has got the first fever he's ever had. Oh man! So he's running a fever really bad. They got cold towels on him and stuff, and it's the first time that he's they've had this scare, and so they're kind of they're kind of worried and freaked out. I'm like, oh, I tell Katrina, I'm like, fuck, they're not gonna come. I'm for sure if he's got they haven't had they have, he's been he's one and two months old, right? And he's never had a fever like this before, and so I'm like, they're for sure not coming. And they did. They said, you know, we're gonna we're still gonna come up there anyways. Uh, as long as he's okay, if he if he breaks the fever and he broke the fever, then he came up, and we had him all week. But he still was in and out of it. So like, so was he crying at night and stuff? Yeah. So they had some major sleepless nights. And is this a little fun? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Meanwhile, you're like, uh oh, I got yeah, one coming. Yeah. yeah. So I remember like looking at Katrina and and the other thing that was really funny. So he's he just he's like he's at that walk. He just learned to walk. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. Right. So he is he just takes off everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and and he they roll up with all their barricades, you know what I'm saying? So we, yeah. they get out, and it's like all the fences come yeah. with them and shit like that. All the outlets are plugs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. The first thing they do is like set the house all up to where it's like, okay, he can go here, he can't go here. Let's block this off. Let's do this. And it's like, I'm like, well, we're all here. Don't worry. And he's like, no, no, no. no you don't he's, understand. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's fast. You'll yeah. see. And and it was funny to watch that because it's so true. Like you would, I would do something as simple as like leaving this can on the coffee table, and then I'd be watching the game or whatever like that. And then it's like, Whoa, like two minutes, and he's like <laughs> sticking his finger in the aluminum. You're like, ah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. constantly doing that the whole weekend. But he's such a good kid. He's so uh, other than the the sleep issues that he had, I, I felt really bad uh, for them that they they were constantly going back and forth and and switching. But it was it was uh, cool to see. The two of them now, out of out of my two best friends, to me, I I feel like uh, they're the most natural at it. Like so, I'm like I told you guys, I'm watching my two best friends who both have kids right now, and there's how they're navigating raising the the one year old and right. the six month year old. And Justin and Janet, to me, uh, 
they just they 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 don't freak out. They don't you know even when they had his fever and stuff like that, it wasn't like oh my god, call the hospital. Or we got to figure this out. They don't stress out about a lot of things. They kind of flow really well. He's already got like this. He still has a little bit of a knot on his head. He was you know he's walking around and now. He's like running down the hallway, and he ran straight into the corner. Of, oh, of, and, and just whack knocked his head and he had this massive goose egg on it, it was all bruised and oh, it is really interesting to see that see like how parents react to, to situations like that yeah no yeah. and there you know and you saw and i know some i'm sure there's people listening that are super you know anal about their kids being picked up without being wiped off with or their hands being washed first yes. and yes and they get all freaked out who touches them and who carries them and does this Justin and Janet aren't like, or maybe they're just not that way with me. I'm, as soon as he gets there, I'm grabbing him and flipping him around and fucking yeah. with him. And like, I just, and I, I feel so comfortable being around kids because of raising my younger brother and sister. That, and I, I don't know if that's something that they, they trust me more with them, maybe. But you can tell, uh, I can tell, I can tell the way someone holds somebody. Yeah. And yeah. I can tell every time, uh, if someone was the oldest in their family, mm-hmm. uh, with siblings, it's always the old, cause I have, so I have a huge family, right? And so, there's myself, my cousin Alex, uh, my cousin Ariana. We're all the oldest of uh, you know either three or four kids, and you can tell when we're at parties and there's babies around. If if it's going to be one of us who's going to be playing with the kids or what? Because we grew up with babies. Yeah. And then you can tell when someone's the youngest. It's the youngest is typically the ones that are kind of like they don't know what to do. Isolated and shit. Yeah, like my youngest sister because there's four of us. So me and my sister are the two oldest. We're the we're the most baby people out of all of out of all of my siblings, and my absolute youngest sister doesn't even want to have kids. Mm. Not that she hates kids, she just doesn't want to have kids. So you can always tell, I think. Oh, I can tell. Yeah, I can yeah. tell by the way that you hold them, the way you touch them, the way you move with them. Like, you know, some people think that they're like made of glass. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. and it's like you're you're you'd be surprised how resilient the kids. Well, are. you learn that when the nurse comes and changes your baby's diaper for the first time. Yeah, they come in, yeah, like, like, yeah, like a machine. Watch out! You know, yeah. no, that's, you have to be so robotic. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 great. So, so you had a good time then, man. Yeah, no, it was good. It was it was really relaxing. Uh, shout out to Enzo and his family for letting us stay at their place. It that was, that was something that really shocked me when I first had my my son was how much stuff you have to take when you travel. Yeah. That one I did to the beach. Yeah, yeah. that I didn't understand, yeah. but it's a lot of shit. Well, this yeah. this brings up so Katrina and I, the big topic that we have going on right now is like how our families are going to interact and you know, he's going through some stuff and he shared without getting too much into his private life. Um, I know that they they've had challenges with like different parents, like what parents are like the most like grandparents are more right. the most oh, a- right. active with the kids yeah. and which ones are more uh, disconnected well, you, you got to kind of figure out who's good for what scenario too sometimes like i have my grandparents are the morning grandparents and these are the night grandparents yeah, you know? like, yeah these <laughs> ones they stay over these ones, eh, i don't know about that and yeah. so he, one of the challenges that they're having and he, and he says one of my frustrations is that you know I have family really close and they don't come over as much as i would want them to because they're kind of homebodies and they want us to come over there. And he's like, man, it's it's such an ordeal to, yeah. you know, to bring bring the kid is a fucking we gotta we gotta tote everything, you know, all of his toys, all of his gates, all of his diaper, diaper bag. I mean, it's like it's a huge ordeal yep. just to come over to somebody's house. And so to come stop by his grandma or grandpa's house for an hour or two hours is just ridiculous. It's like you guys gotta come over this way. And so I know that this will be something potentially that Katrina and I are challenged with is, 
you know, who in the family is going to expect us to be coming their way all the time and who are going to be just more willing to come to our place and, and watch the kids. And so I don't know what that, what kind of dynamic that's going to create between her family and my family and who's going to, now I know like people like my sister has already like came and she, last time she was down here, Cassie was like, Hey, can I, I want to, I want to ask you guys something. If you're comfortable with it, I would like to to do this. And that is, you guys have this extra room here. Do you mind if I come down, you know, once a month and stay with you for like a week at a time so I can be around the baby and I could come down here and- Hell work. yeah. Yeah. It was like Katrina. You I get like, a nice break or yeah, whatever? Yeah. I told oh. Katrina, I'm like, fuck, I would love That's that. Awesome. You know? So, and you know, it's t- she's four hours away. So I if, to get up there to go probably go see her, it'd be really tough for me to do. So the fact that she's already forward thinking yeah. like that and, and wanting to come down- that makes me really happy. Now I wonder who in my family will be like that and who won't it's be like that. It's when you have when you have kids too, you realize the importance of living close to family. Because when you don't have kids, it's not that big of a deal. But then when you have kids, you're like, oh man, it'd be nice yeah. to live, you know, close to. Well, life. then I see it my helps. other friend, my other best friend, who's going through uh, this right now, and they don't have anybody really close. They're Tough. all alone, and I and you can just tell how wore out and exhausted they are. Mm-hmm. They just. They seem like every day they've been running a marathon since they've had this kid, and I feel so bad for them. And everybody keeps telling us, like, you know, all this shit. And, and Katrina, and I, Katrina keeps telling me, like, "Hun, you're, we're gonna be fine. Trust me." He's like, "You know, you know, our biggest problem is gonna be is telling our our family to like you're go. Gonna, you're gonna see a value, especially because she has such a big family that's close. Yeah, it's you're gonna really see, close. You're gonna see a lot of you're gonna because you know how you've, you've said in the past how it's it was always kind of a struggle for you." Going to these big family parties because you're not used to all those people. Right, you're gonna you're gonna see the value in that. Well, all I, of a sudden, I can already with not even being there, I can already foresee it. Yeah. Right, I can already see like, oh, this is gonna be cool because I already know that her both she's our he's she's got two brothers, a sister, and uh, two aunts, and her her mom all within like a five mile radius yep. of us, and all super connected, and all like I can't wait till this baby comes <laughs> right. And so I'm telling Katrina, like, oh, man, I could totally see where when we do feel like we've been grinding for two or three weeks straight and not getting a break, how easy it's going to be for one of us to go like, hey, mom or aunt or sister or brother, could you come over and, and stay the night and stay hang out with Maximus for a day or two? And I don't think anybody's going to balk at it. Uh, I think it's going to be really easy for that. You know guy. who's really good with kids? Who? Uh, Doug's daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. Really, really good with kids. Yeah, she is. And like, she'll be right at the perfect age, right when you're ready to have- For babysitting time. Yeah, right, right yeah. when you want him to be babies, right when he was two or three, she'll be 15, 16. So the biggest, perfect. Con- the biggest concern I have right now that I'm trying to uh, be proactive about, and, and this was funny because I've gone around like all of you guys, you know, and and all my friends, and I, I love asking all my, my, my dad friends like- you know, hey, what's a one piece of advice or what's something I should look out for? Or what's the best or worst thing you did raising your kids? And the, one of the ra- most random pieces of advice that I got that I think is going to really come into play with me and in, in particular because of my two English Bulldogs. And he's he, my buddy Justin was like, bro, you got to you got to go easy on your dogs. Oh, yeah, I get that. And he goes, yeah. he goes, man, he's like, I fucking let me tell you, dude, I've come unglued on him a few times. And it's not their fault. They're you know they they they're they were the they were the main attention before you had these kids. Which I have very needy dogs that are like that. Yeah, like if they bark, wake up the baby, yes. or if they you know do something, knock them over, or whatever. On or, or like what he's what he told me too. He's like you know, and I know this about my boys. If I if they skip if I skip a walk with them, or I don't spend time with them for a day in a two days in a row or something, they're awful. That's when they get into shit, or they yeah. fuck shit up, or they're just they're just misbehave. 
And he's like, dude, you'll, he's like, I have the same thing. He's like, I got to go out and run my two because he has big dogs. I got to run them for like an hour a day. And if I don't exercise them, they destroy the house. They fuck shit up. They're just, they're annoying. And he's like, man, I just didn't realize how, how frustrated I would be because I'm tired because I'm giving all this attention to my kid. And that, yeah. of course, that's your number one priority. But then you have these dogs that was your number one priority before. And now you're all of a sudden putting them on the, and then now they're being a pain in the ass. And then he's like, so, and so I'm already actually going to look into having somebody that I hire that can come to the house every day and they'll take the dogs for an hour and go play with them because I know that they won't be. A, the number one priority is going to be Maximus sure. when he comes into this home and trying to manage both that might be difficult. So if I like to me, it'd be a worth a worthwhile investment to pay some dog walker or some kid to come like on a, I on wonder, a daily basis. There, so there's a strategy that I was taught um, when I had my daughter that I uh, worked brilliantly and it was taught to me by my mom and by other people who have kids and they said because one of my worries was when I had my son that I was gonna have my daughter and I'm like what if he gets jealous he's not gonna have all the attention like and I think a lot of parents worry about this when they have you know the second or third kid or fourth or whatever and my mom said include your son in everything that you do for your daughter so like when you change her diaper ask him to help can you hand me the wipe can you bring me the diet can you watch her for me and because they're involved they feel like they're a part of it. And I wonder if you could do that with the dogs. You know what I'm so saying? So there, there is some things you do. Like right away, like I know the first thing before the baby even comes home, I'll, I'll take some of the, the blankets and, thing, and clothes and things that he's had on him uh, from the hospital and I'll put it in their beds and let them smell it and oh. stuff like that. When they first come in, I'm going to let let them sniff him and lick mm-hmm. him and, and, yeah. get it and get all his smells and That's stuff. That's what we did with Remy, my yeah. dog, yeah. And then he had, like, Ethan was doing tummy time and all that, and then, um, you know, like, Remy would come by and just, like, watch and then, like, get used to it, and then they would, like, uh, interact quite a bit, and then it's just the more exposure right. you can, yeah, provide, the, the better they yeah. are, and they interact well. So I definitely have plans to do things like that, but I also want to plan for, because they got to get their walks, sure. you know, and that's going to be, I'm sure, going to take a back burner. I know that sure. Katrina and I, I plan that we're going to miss some sleep and we're going to be tired and exhausted. And the last thing one of us is going to want to do when the baby finally goes and settles down for their hour nap, you know, we're both going to look at each other like, you need to go take the dogs. You know, they, they, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We'll be like fucking Rochambeau for who's going to have to do it. I can <laughs> yeah. see that already. Or if maybe I'm a little proactive about it, I look for somebody who... I can get to, uh, you know, uh, come to my house once a day, every day, and I pay him X amount of dollars to sure. go take the kid. They have a park right around the corner for me. Go take the dogs to the park. That'll go. definitely help. Yeah. Right. Sure. And then, then, then they feel like they get their attention, their playtime. That'll leave a lot of, uh, hopefully, relief some pressure. Well, you know what? Yeah. You know, doing this one, this trip with my kids and Justin's kids and, and Doug's daughter, it made me, you know, I, I can't wait for you to have your, your child because it's it's great to see all these kids playing, interacting with each other, and then growing up together. Because I, I plan mm-hmm. on working with you gentlemen for a long time. And I think it's important that our families, and especially our children, yeah. grow up and know each other because, A, you guys are good people. And, and it's, B, it's, they're all going to work for us. And they're all going to work together. <laughs> that's right. we got a lot of talent. we got to start you know, teaching them now, bro. That's, that's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. Anyway. Dude, I, I was buying uh, uh, tickets for Avengers Endgame. Yeah. To watch the movie, two I well, no, three days before all sold out, right, bro? Th- the movie is already out. I didn't, it wasn't even the opening night. Three yeah. days before, 
all sold out. The only freaking row open in all the movie in the in the theaters was the front the row. Front, no, see, that's not even worth it, dude. No. That's so crazy that like, so the reviews have already come back to them. People have watched it. Critics are loving it. People are loving it. Everybody's saying it's, a, it's living hear, up to the hype. Did yeah. you hear the numbers? No. One point two billion dollars. We haven't Holy watched an opening shit. weekend ticket sales this close. Yeah, they smashed uh, Star Wars. Right. The Marvel film uh, became the first in Hollywood history to gross more than one billion in its worldwide box office debut never wow. been done before and all in game earned an estimated 1.2 billion in its first five days blowing past previous record holders thanks to the unprecedented demand in the u.s and in china yeah. it's been they said some some of the uh um, theaters just stayed open around the clock 24 7 wow and just opened up more time so on every hour the wow. hour that the show was being played i had no idea it was that popular dude it 90 they said this in this last weekend 90% of all ticket sales went to that movie. Wow. That's crazy, you right? You know what's funny is when they, when they do the numbers for, for going to the movies, because that whole going to the movies is in many ways dying, but in other ways it's not, right? Yeah. When they do the numbers for it and they say, no, it's not dying because the total ticket sales, that only goes to like one or two movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because right. I don't think a lot of other movies are doing anything. No. No, not like there's that. There's not yeah, there's nothing like compared to that, you know. Cuz I wonder how much like what's the typical weekend for all movies do? You know what I'm saying? Oh, right. it probably blew it blew out all that stuff. Here's I mean, another a billion dollars. Here's yeah, another billion. cool stat along those lines, especially for us and those of our that are listeners of ours that took the advice when we talked about going out and buying Disney earlier earlier oh, this shit. year Did and it go up. Oh, dude. So Disney last year earned 985 million in profit from last year's Avengers Infinity War. Mm. So and this is going is this is projected to hit 2.5 billion is the projected number. So Disney is going to make a fuck ton of money. Wow. Damn. Yes, a fuck ton of money. Well, I'm going to keep buying more Disney cuz I bought some last year when we all started hearing about you know, all the shit that they were buying and taking over. Dude, Disney's uh, going to be huge. That's a huge opportunity, I think. Well, they Even bought now. everything. Simpsons, you know, they they acquired uh, just recently. What was the other one? Uh, another like everything that we grew up with that had appeal for kids and adults. They they just decided to acquire. When you have a movie this big, though, so think about it this way: they've set themselves up for fifty years. Like a movie this big, worst case scenario, they can do another Avengers fifteen years from now when all the kids grow up mm-hmm. and they'll have another guaranteed audience. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. It's cool because uh, while I was reading, I think it was Fast Company, uh, and they kind of did a breakdown of like how uh, Disney's land and Disney World are evolving to cater to like new um, types of events, like VR type things and different like uh, ways to experience entertainment, like on at their theme parks. And so they've actually invested quite a bit of money in uh, one of the one of the one of the rides that's coming out in the, in the uh, Star Wars part of the um, part of the uh, the you know Disneyland park park. Thank you. Can't <laughs> think of the name for it. Uh, yeah, it's it's the one with the Millennium Falcon, and, and so the, it's not just that. You know, you know how like Star Tours, you'd sit there and you'd experience it. Yeah. Well, I guess this one you actually can control the ship, and so they actually gamified the whole thing. So you're actually like it's you're you're driving it, and like you're also like you know part of the whole experience. Which oh, is really rad. cool, rad. Yeah, and so they're working on a lot of that. It's interesting too because I started reading this article because it was all about J.J. Abrams, and I wanted to see if I could get any kind of like insider information on the latest like Star Wars Nine because you know he actually got pulled into that project late. 
the first it was like the guy for that did Jurassic World that was the director and then they brought him in to kind of save the day and JJ Abrams is like an example of like somebody who is a producer in Hollywood that is going in a different direction than everybody else trying to to bite off of Netflix and go in that direction. So talking about uh, Disneyland theme park, right? We randomly were actually looking this up. My sister was is a diehard uh, Disneyland fan. She stopped by and said hi while we were out in Tahoe, and it, it got us talking about Disneyland, how amazing it is, and all these all this shit. And I was showing her and somebody else like all these secret things about Disneyland that people don't know. And I found this YouTube clip, and it was like the th- uh, 13 secrets about Disneyland. A bunch of them I already knew about. One of them I had, I did not know this. So it, all of Disneyland, there there is all is there's massive underground tunnels. Oh yeah, like it, there's a whole other world underground under Disneyland, and uh, what they have designed. So check this out. You guys have never seen anybody change the trash at Disneyland before. You know why? Because every trash can goes under, goes gets, sucked under gets sucked underneath yeah. when it gets full. Yeah. So as soon as the trash can gets full, there's tubes and they go underneath. And it's the like ch- that office thing where you send the, the yes. letter through. And, and is that real? Shoot. Yes. <laughs> is that real? Yes, bro. It's so just, they have a, it just no, sucks the right. garbage out. I just out see or- people picking it up but you'll, not like you'll taking ne- it out you'll never see someone take the trash wow. out. take yeah. the trash out because it has under each trash can all out the th- theme park has individual shuttles that shoot it down underground it's just so, a Willy Wonka factory. hold on a second huh. so you're telling me that if I wanted to like infiltrate the underground that I could do like a <laughs> I trash. could be like one of those what is that like the Ocean's Eleven or whatever I could like go through the garbage wow <laughs> it's true wow Patented automated vacuum assisted collection of system. everything. They're so like efficient. So like, Even the way that they park everybody. You would like, never know though, looking at it. No. Yeah. So you, the trash empties itself. Yes. Wow. Is, is that not brilliant? Or tell what? me that wouldn't be a smart uh, something in a movie though, right? Someone yeah. trying to you know get into Disneyland, they could like go through the garbage. Oh, <laughs> we can control. I need everything. it. Yeah. Well, dude, no. Like what I was trying to talk about with the J.J. Uh, Abrams was uh, like, so you know how uh, Tom Billu is trying to structure this whole thing where he's trying to merchandise and like kind of create content that's unique and yeah. all this kind of, so bad robot like jj abrams company like he produces all this content he's the alias lost all this kind of stuff right. for tv he's in all these movies for big studios like you know fox and uh you know disney and everybody else but he's thinking now of just like doing it all out of his own uh studio out of his own thing so he's gonna structure it where he has bad robot he has not only does he have like the movie part of that but also the tv he also has uh bad robot like a uh music uh studio company he's got also has like video game and uh toys and so he's like going all the way from they've already started production of like this toy that they're going to plan on bringing through all those different channels uh, that they own all the rights to this whole process. So it's like, wow, he's building and developing like the ultimate creative. That's like uh, company that like all in house. Well, it makes sense because you figure like you want to sell a toy, you make movies around it and TV around it and then you make the. Yeah. Yeah, he has like that whole chain of, of all those things like like strung together. That's, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder how many more companies are going to try doing something like that. Oh yeah, he's. I mean, he's the first yeah. big name that's that's really going to. I guarantee he's going to pull it so off. You guys have both been to Disneyland, right? Yeah. Uh, have you been to Disney World? No. Disney World's fucking rad. Huge, right? Huge. Epcot Center, insane. But here's the big thing that you notice about Disney World: massive people everywhere. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. there there are traffic jams with scooters, the R- little the scoot- rascal scooters. Yes, yeah. and they're they're not like disabled; they're just obese. Yeah. Oh, wow. And there's literally, I remember when I and I went like, I want to say I went uh, maybe seven eight years ago. And these little scooters, there were so many of them that I would see traffic jams. Me, 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 me. And I'm like, what? I saw one driving by, and I'll never forget this. The lady was, I mean, I don't know, 400-something pounds, and she had a, like, 100-something pound five-year-old sitting oh in her lap, God. both of them drinking these big old sodas. I'm like, this is terrible. Wow. But you see way more of that in, in Disney World, and I wonder if it's because it's Closer to it's the like south, that, maybe. Yeah, it's like that Guinness Book World Records with those two big guys on the little on the mini bikes. Yeah, no, those yeah. are re- those are regular size bikes. No, they weren't. Yeah, they are. Those are regular. The picture bike. of the the I heaviest. Those are mini bikes. No, the world's heaviest twins. Yes. they're sitting on regular motorcycles. Oh my god, they're just. They're but that's just like the dudes. norm now. On it's just rascal scooters now. That's yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you hit it on the head a long time ago when you you introduced me to that. Was it Wally? Was it Wally? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's Wally that does the. That movie made me a little sad when I saw that. Yeah, it was, I got it was a little, hit a little too close to home. Yeah, see, those are regular. Those are regular motorcycles. Oh my god, <laughs> those are regular. Wow. Yeah, they were both seven hundred plus pounds. I thought those were mini bikes. No, they're just big dudes. Damn. Yeah. No, the first time I watched Wally, of course, I've been in fitness forever, so I was <laughs> I was a trainer at the time, and when you know, because they all live in the spaceship, and you see all these you know big obese people, and these, and it kind of made me a little bit sad. Yeah, because I was like, "Oh man, I could see this happening," you know, one day. Well, it's I mean, geez, bro, we're getting real close to the the VR goggles being on your head all the time, man. Yep. I mean, it's we're not far from that. We're not far from that experience. I mean, I actually I told Katrina I want the Oculus ones. I want to try the NBA thing out. I want to see if it's as if it's as cool as it looks. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit I, I want to at least try that. But it just makes me go, man. If I want to do this, how many other people want to try it? It's with video games and everything else. Like before long, they're going to be in rooms with VR people. sex. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I was at the um, that CES conference and they had this this weird like gyroscopic like uh, thing that you basically like uh, you know you, you laid on top of and then you put the VR goggles on and you could fly. You could fly in, in this hang glider and do all this crazy stuff. And like every little move you made, like made a difference, you know, in the game. And so it was like really small movements. And so it was like, it was like hard at first, but then you started to get it. And then it was weird because it really felt like you were there. There's going like, to shit. There's going to be a ton of like amazing, awesome things because of it though. So I'm like not anti it. I'm just, I'm curious to, because it's so awesome. It'll how, pose new challenges. Right. Yeah. And we're going to have to learn how to. Because what limit modern, ourselves? Yeah, what modern life has done to us is it's made it to where we have to have practices around a lot of things that that normally we didn't have to have practices around, like food and activity. Like you have to schedule time to go be active, which is really fucking weird if you consider all of human history. Like, yeah. if you went back five hundred, a thousand years, like, hey, guess what we do in the future? Yeah. We have to go to a place to lift heavy things and put them back down. And they'll why? say, well, why? You know oh, what? because that's what makes us healthy, I've been huh? thinking right. a lot about this lately, and this is what's motivated me, because I was like, I'm going to get back and do... We talked about cardio in the last few <laughs> yeah. sessions. I'm like, dude, it's so... Like, what a fucking waste of time for me to just get on a treadmill and just do this stupid thing. Like, why don't I just go around, you know, my backyard, clean shit up, and, like, like hack trees? Well, and, I was... Like, that was a way better idea. <laughs> it's so much more productive. Courtney's like, go do more. Yeah, no, go do no, more I didn't want to, like... So, I had a similar thought, uh, right? Because especially since I've been doing, like, all this swimming and rowing, and I was thinking about this stuff, I'm like, man, I'm doing, like, this, like, laborious stuff for an hour now, and it's just straight cardio. Like, what if I could find somebody who I could just go chop wood on the weekends. 
mm-hmm. and they would let me come chop wood for and pay me like a I fucking love chopping like a low wood, wage. Oh, you want to go get a job chopping yeah, wood? Yeah, <laughs> and go chop some wood and make some money on the side. And then knowing you, you're such a good employee, you'll yeah. get real good at yeah, it. Yeah, no, I totally would. I would be wanting. Nobody's would, paying you to jump on a treadmill, right? You know what I mean, like, yeah. Why? What's what, the point? That's what made me think yeah. about. It. I'm like, why? Why would I go do that? I could probably find someone who I could. Why don't you just hook up a generator to your yeah. your fucking rower and just just store some energy for there's the a, house? There's a place like that in, in Oregon. A gym, right? Yeah, yeah they actually it. do store the, your the energy. E, the eco gym. Yeah, but they're. I think they're trying to make it where you can actually like get paid for the amount that you store. Are you sure that was that, so? That was my idea for a gym a long time ago. Which technology's was, not. Yeah, no, I know. I think I think somebody's tried to do it. Like to me, I think it would be so brilliant to attach everything from weights to machines to the treadmills. And all all that laborious stuff that you do generates energy. Generates energy, and you have a membership price. And then totally. th- there's a threshold that if you hit that, anything over that, <laughs> you start to reduce your dues. And then all the idiots will be like, oh, you know, like you're exploiting your employees, but you know, because everybody's on there just <laughs> trying to keep the lights on. Well, you know what'll happen then? Heavy. Nobody will want to do heavy lifting. It'll all be high rep shit because you're trying to generate more energy. Right. Oh, unless you unless you calculate yeah. some sort of a, 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 a volume matrix into it, right? Maybe. Uh, maybe. Right? <laughs> pump gym. Yeah, exactly. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com and use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout our first question is from andrea what is a great exercise to get arm definition oh okay cool so i'm about to give you the one exercise that'll give you the most arm (laughs) of any exercise you know i like this question because uh there really is no specific answer to it just like most of these (laughs) fitness questions Especially no, just arm. Yeah. You know, it's not even like no, a, a muscle. Piece. But you know what? I, the reason why I picked this question is because I get asked this all the time. I've been getting asked questions, and it's similar ones, right? Like, what's a good exercise for ab definition? What's a good exercise for definition on my legs or whatever? Sure. So it's two things you want to understand. First and foremost, if you don't get lean, you're not going to get uh, definition. So body fat is what prevents your you from seeing the shape uh, and lines of your muscles. So you have to get lean. So that's number one. And that's really a, a, a big role in that is your nutrition, how you're eating. Now, as far as exercise is concerned, there's a lot of myths surrounding what exercises will make you the most defined, and they usually revolve around low, you know, lightweight, high repetition exercises, right? Like if you lift heavy, you'll get big and bulky. If you go light and do a lot of reps, then you'll get a lot of definition. Um, the actually the opposite is true. The more you develop the, your muscles. Uh, AKA the bigger they get, the more definition you'll see at higher body fat percentages. So in other words, a you know bodybuilder with really, really big muscular arms, his arms are going to look leaner at 15% body fat than some guy who's skinny and doesn't have any muscle, but at 15% body fat. So the truth is the exercises that give you the best arm definition are the ones that build the most muscle, and you need to perform them on the ways to build the most muscle, which is heavy weight. I, I also have something else for this person. Um, and I, at first, uh, I, I pieced it together first on myself years back, uh, and then it, it's become like a staple thing that I teach clients to this day, and anybody who's listening right now that was a female competitor 
of mine that I coached for sure remembers me teaching this uh, or, or driving this home for their program. And that was one of the best things that made my arms. Let me back up a little bit. I've talked on this show before how I, when I first started lifting, all I did was bison tries. So my arms were like my thing. Like that was, I had good arms because I trained arms three times a week to five times a week. And that's all I really did. Those were the, for like probably two years, all I did was bicep and tricep, right? And so I've, I've, I've always had decent looking buys and tries, but I never had like, when I looked at photos and stuff like that of me in a tank top, I never had really great. I didn't think I had great arms. I had big, I had built these kind of big arms, but I didn't think I had as defined or chiseled looking arms as I would like. And the main reason why that really was, was because I actually neglected how much I trained my shoulders. And when I began to develop my shoulders, it blew me away on the way it made the rest of my arm look. It separates everything. In fact, today, my arms are significantly smaller. I'm probably three inches smaller, at least two inches smaller in my arm circumference than what I was in my early 20s. But my arms look, in my opinion, 10 times better than what they looked like when I was in my early 20s. Now, they were bigger in circumference. But what I didn't do is I never trained shoulders. I I used to have this like, oh, well, I do chest, so I get a little bit of the anterior delt. And I do a lot of back stuff, so I get a lot of my my posterior delt. So I don't really – and I'd throw laterals in there every once in a while. Like that was all I did for shoulders ever. And it wasn't until I had that critique that I've talked about on the show where I had a female – competitor in my early 20s I asked her to look at my physique and tell me what I need to work on and she pretty much laughed at my shoulders and I was offended at first but then went right to the drawing board and said okay I've never built a program to really develop my shoulders and see what would happen and man when I did what I realized was it it really brought my arms out and I I find this as a, a extremely valuable tip for a lot of my women just because uh, most women ask to have, oh, I want tone or lean arms. I want good looking arms, Adam, or I want a butt. Like those are kind of like the areas. Rarely ever does a woman come to me and say, Adam, I want great shoulders. Could we build my shoulders? Like it's just a neglected area. In fact, when they go to magazines and they point at women whose arms, I want, I want my arms to look like, like Michelle that. Michelle Obama. Yeah, great that. shoulders. It's always great shoulders. Yeah. Always great yeah. shoulders. Mm-hmm. And that is, you're 100% right. And Michelle Obama is another great example. She's got incredible her arms aren't that great. She has great she shoulders, shoulders yeah. but it, so the shoulder is what really starts. Linda to, Hamilton. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Terminator After two. Terminator. Yeah, yes. Every it's always G.I. Jane. Was like, yes. I want those. It's yeah. always yeah. great shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, to me, one of the best things that you can do if you want great arm definition, ironically, is is to really develop your shoulders. Work the posterior the posterior deltoid. Work the anterior deltoid. Start to put a lot of energy and emphasis around the shoulders and watch how much it brings the look of your arms all together. Yeah, no, it makes a huge difference. But at the end of the day, do exercises and do them in ways that build the muscle. And I want to reemphasize this because I do see a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm, I'm doing, you know, 50, I'm doing 30 reps and 40 reps and all these exercises or more. Right. And a lot of these short repetitive, you know, repetitive type movements, like they'll do Pilates or bar classes oh, or whatever. reps, yeah. Yeah, because intensity. they think that's what gives them definition. Right. But it's not. They have to build the muscle no. to make the muscle show. And shake weights. Next question is from G. Griff, 1965. Hammer strength machines versus free weights. Oh, yeah. Do you guys remember when hammer strength... Uh, really started getting popular. What was that? Like the 90s? Uh, yeah. Late so, 90s, early late 90s. 2000s. Yeah, I remember specifically. So this was, you know who popularized them was uh, Dorian Yates. 
Oh, yeah? Yeah, there were... Dorian Yates was Mr. Olympia during this time, and he was really well-known for his massive muscular back. And he was also known for the way he trained, which was low volume, but super, super high intensity. And there was this one machine that he would always get filmed doing or pictures of him doing in the gym, and it was the hammer strength iso row. That's the one where you... You know, you load the plates up love on one that. side. Love that. Yeah, and you, yeah, you, use one, you can do one arm at a time or whatever. And so Dorian Yates, every time he was in a magazine and they'd do an article on his back because he had a crazy back, it would be a picture of uh, him doing that. And so before you knew it, all the, the best gyms started pumping hammer strength machines in there and they started kind of phasing out or not having as many of the traditional selectorized, selectorized uh, type uh, equipment. Now, the, here's the thing with hammer strength. The reason why hammer strength equipment is different than traditional machines, besides the fact that you load them with plates, which I'm going to be quite honest with you, doesn't mean shit. Putting a plate on it or using a weight stack, that doesn't make, doesn't make a difference at all. It was a brilliant, brilliant ploy by hammer strength because it looked more like free weights. Right. So for them, it was brilliant because it was like, oh, cool. It's a machine, but with but weights. it still on. follows along a track. It's like still a on very, a track. Yeah. It's still predetermined. But the difference is this. Hammer strength machines, the way that they're designed, is designed that, so that the resistance uh, is lighter at some parts of the rep and heavier at other parts of the rep. Mm-hmm. So because you're using a, a, a pulley or a cam, I should say, with a, with a plate, when I'm doing, for example, a, a pull down, mm-hmm. you'll notice that when you do the pull down, the weight is the heaviest at the top, which means that's the hardest part of the rep and that's where you're squeezing. When you're doing the chest press, it's easy at the bottom hardest at the top incidentally you seem to be stronger yeah. that's where stronger those, those prime uh machines really like like uh, honed in on that process of like where loading the weight you know in terms of the the actual exercise made quite a bit of a difference with it i actually really liked uh, the hammer strength machines and this is coming from a guy that's like athletic you know functional training based well they were the first machines like to, go after, to go after sports yes they were the first that actually made their way into uh you know, we actually like structured workouts around a lot of the hammer strength machines, and you could actually do some decent power uh, explosive movements that were kind of sports specific that, uh, you know, they, they built and developed these with. But at the same time, you know, like I, as much as I loved them, like I, I definitely saw more uh, benefit, more muscular development out of free weights. Yeah. And, the, and the, the now to be clear, I think it was Nautilus that was the first machines to take advantage of. Uh, making the resistance heavier and lighter at different portions of the rep. In fact, Nautilus used to have machines where you could change where you'd want it to be most difficult, where there would be a pin that you would pull. Yeah, and one, it would two, ch- three. Yeah, and it would change the pulley a little bit. But hammer strength just took it to a whole new level. Uh, now, here's the thing, though. It's still a machine. It still uh, is is on a track. It's still predetermined. And I've you know because I started working out again in gyms recently – Here's one thing that I can notice. I can do way more volume with machines than I can with free weights. Mm-hmm. Free weights just fucking toast my body. Wait, I, I could do... Yeah, it's a lot more taxing. I could do 50 sets in a workout with machines well, and it's a hard it, workout. It makes so much sense from a CNS level. Yeah. If you're having to stabilize free weight, the and if you think of like your analogy that I love that you always talk about is your CNS, like your amplifier. And so your amp has got to send out all this wattage to all of these muscles that are surrounding the main muscle you're trying to work, and they're all having to stabilize. Mm-hmm. Where if you got the support of something being on the track, less less of your other muscles have to come into play to help really generate that weight forward or backward or whatever up or down, whatever you're doing. 
So it makes total sense to me why you could do so much more volume on machines is because it's just not nowhere near as taxing on the CNS. No, now I'll, I'll say this: like for free weights, I would are superior to machines in most ways, not always, but in most ways, for a few different reasons. As a trainer, the reason why I love free weights is because free weights move; they follow the person. The person doesn't follow the free weights. So if I have someone who's four foot ten. Six foot five, you know, it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what their range of motion is, doesn't matter what their injury is. I can move around their body. Machines don't work that way. Like, I'll go to the gym with a guy like Adam who's tall, and you see, I have to see, I watch Adam has to adjust his body because most machines are designed for average height. You know, sometimes the machines they they won't allow you to really like adjust it to the proper height like that. They just don't make any sense. They don't make it. No, they don't for, for, for a lot of people. So that's one reason. The other reason why I like free weights is there's more carryover to the real world. Uh, when I If I get somebody really good at lunges and squats, they just move better than somebody who gets really good at leg press or hack squat on mm-hmm. a machine. Mm-hmm. It's just way more carryover um, in well, terms of total functionality. Well, and again, wouldn't you attribute that to kind of what I was saying where you have all these other stabilized, totally. stabilizer muscles that are having to incorporate work where – Never in your life will you be somewhere where you're in this fixed position with all the support having to pick something up or move it. Like, it just doesn't work that way no. in real life. Now, I, the the thing, though, I do like, like you you pointed out with the hammer strength is I, I have used it for coaching purposes. When I have somebody who is really bad mechanics and they're just all over the place, uh, putting them on a, on a machine like a hammer strength machine, I can put them on an area like that and then all I'm I, I can get in there and I can, like, move their shoulder blades back or do whatever I want with them while they're on this this track that's really easy. And so it's less that they got to think about and worry about. So I do like it for coaching purposes. I use the machines. I love hammer strength machines. But if you have a limited amount of time, you have it's an either-or situation, I think free weights always wins. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, here's an analogy I think that uh, will make sense to a lot of people. If you think of your body as uh, something that you're sculpting, so imagine if your body is a, a block of granite and you're going to sculpt this block of granite into a beautiful piece of art. You've got all these tools around you. Um, and one of the first tools that you're going to use is going to be a big chisel mm-hmm. with a big sledgehammer. And then you're going to have other tools that are going to be much more uh, fine-tuned, small chisels and small brushes and stuff like that. Machines are like the small chisels and the big chisels that take off the big hunks of block, that's your free weights. So why do bodybuilders like machines so much? Because bodybuilders, by the time they're bodybuilders, they're massive and they're big and they've built a lot of muscle. They've chiseled big pieces of rock off that granite with the big sledgehammer and the big chisel. And now they're kind of working on small movements and small areas and isolating and focusing. So for the vast majority of people listening right now, the tool you should be using is the one that's going to move the most rock, the one that's going to take off the biggest pieces to, to sculpt and shape your body, and that's going to be free weights. Now, if you've been working out for two, three, four years consistently, and you've got a lot of experience, and you've already developed an incredible base, there's a lot of value to adding machines at that point when you're adding more volume to your workouts. Next question is from Christy Cav 9 For someone who has perpetually yo-yoed and is always hungry, how do you get to a place where their hunger is regulated? Mm. That's a tough one because uh, hunger, here's the thing with hunger. Um, a lot of things r- help control or regulate or tell us 
uh, what to eat and when to eat. And it's not always true hunger. In fact, most of the time, it's not true hunger. That's why this is a tough one because when people tell me I'm always hungry, I can... I can bet you most times you're not really hungry. They're not hungry. Yeah, it's 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 a craving. They're they've either uh, connected that food for them makes them feel better when they're stressed well, well, or when they're bored. To be honest, the 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 choice of words we just need to change. And it and I and I know this triggers some people, but think of it like somebody who's addicted to drugs. If you're yo-yoed back and forth, it's like you're on and off drugs all the time. And that feeling when you when you're coming off the drugs, that's the that addictive feeling. That's what you're that these people are mistaking as hunger. That feeling that you have of wanting to go eat more or eat this stuff or craving these certain foods, like that's your body trying to break free of that and that going through that withdrawals. And what happens is many people restrict for a while and then they fall off and they binge and they yo-yo back and forth like that because they're still addicted to all of these foods that they haven't cycled off of or got out of their system for long enough and they're still at this point because the point that i know you're alluding to right now sal is like i don't i don't think there's anybody in the united states that's hungry <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. like we just we unless you're some competitor that's been dieting for eight weeks and you've been in a caloric restriction for a thousand calories or more deficit for six plus weeks maybe you've felt a little bit of hunger but most people we don't yeah it's, go a, it's unfortunate because like I mean, for me, like fasting was really enlightening for that. But like, this is not the type of person I would recommend no. to, to go through a fast. But just understanding like how much is tied into, um, you know, just your daily routine and then hanging out with people and then all these things that come up that food makes its way into, um, you know, that you mistake that for hunger. It's just like kind of uh, differentiating between true hunger and, you know, when it's just it's a convenience or it's a thing that uh, is part of my regular routine. I experienced so. So we just had a trip, right? Uh, we were in, uh, at the, going to the Grand Canyon with the families and we're sitting there. And at the end of the night, we put the kids to bed and we're playing card games or whatever. And we had bought chips and nuts. We had cashews, peanuts and potato chips. And I mean, we had just eaten massive meal we'd, we've yeah. been drinking yeah we're sitting there playing cards the chips and the nuts are in front of me and i'm fucking eating them just eating them oh, and i know if i stopped and paid attention like oh man i'm full like my right. stomach's not feeling good but if i don't pay attention that shit's just going in my mouth and i'm eating a thousand calories worth of cashews and potato chips just because it's in front of me the the, the thing i'm going to recommend to you is this start to identify what is triggering what you think is hunger? Start to identify that. So start right there. So think to yourself, okay, today, here's the foods I'm going to eat. I've identified that I need to eat 1,500 or 1,600 calories today in order to be a calorie deficit. If you want to figure out how to put yourself in a calorie deficit, I will refer you to older episodes or you know even recent ones where we talk about how to figure that out. But let's say you figured out that your body's burning 2,000 calories a day, so you want to be at a deficit. So you're like, okay, I'm going to schedule and plan my food so that I eat 1,600 calories, that'll put me at about a 400-calorie deficit. That means you're going to start burning body fat because you're eating less than you're burning, right? So plan it out. Now start eating it. Now, during the day, when you find yourself wanting to eat something else, stop the process. Stop. Don't just automatically react. Think to yourself, why am I wanting to eat something else right now? Is it because I'm bored? Am I stressed? Is it because I'm watching TV? Sometimes it's activities that'll that'll trigger uh 
cravings. Does, you don't have to be stressed or, or angry or depressed or any of that stuff. Sometimes it's activity. I know people that have to always eat something when they watch TV. Right. Mm-hmm. I know people that have to, anytime they go on a drive for longer than an hour, they got to have snacks in the car because it just triggers them. I know people that have to eat something when they're sitting around a table just having a good time with, with, with friends. I know people who have to eat something when, I've had clients who have to eat something when they're just at home alone. That's, oh, I just like to snack on something while I'm reading or whatever. So stop yourself and start to identify what's going on and then figure out something else instead of it. So let's say you're stressed out. Let's say it's when you're stressed out or when you're sad. Stop. Okay, I'm not going to eat. Let me do something else instead. Maybe I meditate. Maybe I walk. Yeah. Maybe I read. Or maybe I just write down how I feel. Oh, I'm having a craving right now. It's you know 6 p.m. Maybe you don't even know why. You haven't identified it yet. Sometimes it takes a second for you to start to identify what's going on. But stop the the process. Stop the cycle. Identify it. That's step number one. And believe it or not, that's the hardest step. Once you do that, then it becomes a little bit easier because then you get to the point where like, okay, oh, I'm really craving something. I know I'm not hungry, but I'm craving something. I always crave something when, you know, I'm at I'm at home by myself and I'm kind of bored. Uh, all right, let me let me let me stop this process. Let me think about what's going on. And if you still want to eat something, go ahead. But at least you, you're aware because one of the biggest, uh, I'd say, enemies of people in this situation is that unaware eating, that consistent, constant, like, oh, before I know it, I ate you know, a whole bag of chips or whatever. I love that idea of journaling. I love the idea of, you know, if you really want to solve this, because sometimes people ask questions like this and they don't really give a fuck to try yeah. and fix it. Because yeah. that's a, to me, that's yeah, the first right. step, like really care. Yes. Like really care to try and get to the bottom of the stuff. If you really care, uh, I think that's an incredible step because there, there, there is going to be a, such an individual variance. Like some people are stress eaters. Some people get to eat because they're celebrating or excited. There's going to be lots of things of why you potentially could be this person who's eating mindlessly. And one of the best things you probably can do is every time you have this, you know, quote unquote, hunger feeling is journal and just track. And you could probably piece together what it is. You know, is it, oh, wow, that's crazy. Every time that I talk to my partner, I freaking feel like as soon as I get off the phone, I got to eat something like, oh, wow, maybe they're stressing me out. I'm doing this or, oh, man, every time I sit down and I watch TV, I all of a sudden want to eat this or, oh, wow, man, every time I get done from a a meeting at work, I feel like I got to eat. Like, you know, just start tracking and journaling uh, when you have these. And I bet you with without us, you could piece together what is probably triggering this. And then here's another here's another tip. Uh, Do not fill your house with uh, highly palatable, heavily processed Easy and convenient foods. So just your your house should only have, if you're this person. Yeah, get rid of snacks. Yeah, if, this, if you're this person, if this is you, and you're like, man, this is tough for me, only fill your house with whole foods and meals that need to be prepared, okay? Because what'll happen is, this is what'll happen to you, I promise. You'll have no, no snacks in the house. You'll just have like, you know, meat and fruit and, you know, foods you have to cook or whatever. And you'll sit there and be like, ooh, I think I'm hungry right now. And then you'll think like, oh shit, I got nothing in the house. Never mind. Boom. There's a, there's a hint that you're not hungry. Right. There's that, you don't, the never mind that I don't, okay, fine. I'm too lazy to fucking drive to the store to buy something or whatever. That means you're probably more, you're you're probably not hungry. More often than not, you know, I used to tell clients that there's no such thing as snacks. Clients would, this would be such a common writing on me. Well, what do I do? Uh, What kind of snack foods should I get? (laughs) And I go, there's no such thing as snacks. What do you mean there's no such thing as snacks? I said, there's either complete meals 
or incomplete meals. <laughs> That's all there is. Either you're eating a, a about cheesy poops. Right. You're either eating a complete meal when you sit down and eat, or you're sitting down to eat an incomplete meal. And snacks are incomplete meals. So we don't want those. We want complete meals only. And so that, that just making clients do that, and they're like, oh, okay, so. Like, yeah, no, if you're going to sit down and you want something and you want to just snack on something, like, no, sit down and have a meal. Make a prepared meal that's balanced. And if you really don't feel like doing that, you're probably not that fucking hungry. Yeah, it's funny because my, my kids, right, they're half the time with their mom and half the time with me. And their mom, although she eats much healthier than the average person, she definitely has snacks. I have none. Like, you come to my house... Oh, you want a snack? Okay, go make yourself some. Some we'll grill some chicken up for you or something like that. And so my kids will be there and they'll be at my place half the time. And it's funny because my kids will sit there and be like, "Oh, I, I want a snack. What do we have?" And I'll be like, "Well, I can make you this kind of a sandwich, or we can do this." Oh, I don't want that. I'm not hungry. And it's like it's so like glaring. Yeah, you know what's going on here. It's like you're not hungry because no. if you were hungry, any food you wanted a little tasty treat. Yes, yeah, you, you, you wanted. wanted an actual snack. So yeah. eliminate, get rid of those in your house. And yes, it's gonna suck. You're gonna have to go through like a a challenging period. And by the way, when you're journaling and you're doing all this, it's gonna suck more before it gets better. So I I, I want to be clear with this. As you start to do this, it's not gonna be easy. And not only is it not going to be easy, but it's not going to, it's going to be harder than it is now mm-hmm. because you're all of a sudden going to become aware of all your feelings, of how you feel, how often you get cravings. In fact, your cravings may increase at first. You may, you may get this explosion of symptoms at first because you're becoming more aware. Fight through it. Continue through the process. I promise at the, end, at the other end of it, that, more, that awareness is going to make it a lot easier. Next question is from Willie Hammer. In your opinion, what career paths are in demand that include health, nutrition, and fitness? I'm a full-time local truck driver, and I've become very interested in overall health and wellness, and I've been in contact with many online schools. Just unsure what field to go in. Hmm. I was doing some reading not that long ago, and I, I saw that occupational therapists and physical therapists, this is if you want to go the medical route, are just in high demand right now. Yeah, just yeah. increasing in demand because of the aging population. Well, um, yeah, the aging population in general, I think, is a really good focus. Uh, if if you were to consider the the health fitness market as uh, you know this industry is in terms of like what would be the most lucrative and you know the most potential and opportunity there because you know is it like the whole baby boomer. Uh, you know, uh, generation. Uh, I mean, they're all looking for ways to avoid pain, uh, get get back to you know healthy places, and um, you know, if you, if you really want to vest yourself in in a lucrative side of of, of this industry, I think that there's lots of opportunities. But there. it's not just the baby boomers. You're seeing now a spike in uh, kids. All right, that need uh, physical therapy and, and, and occupational. I, that's therapy. true. I love the so my best friend that I was this weekend that I was with Justin. So he's a PTA. And I think there is huge opportunity right now in that field, especially as as a PTA. So obviously going to become a DPT. So getting your doctorate in physical therapy is quite is a lot of schooling and not really an at home get done type of deal. But a PTA, I think that you can go through I think eighteen months of school to get certified to be able to do that, and then you work underneath a, a DPT. And What's happening right now is like the wild, wild west right now there. And which whenever I see that, it's what reminds me when I saw cannabis. It reminds me when I saw podcasting. Uh, there's just there's a lot of room for someone good to come in and do things well. So what he, what's happened is a lot of hospitals 
are now doing are outsourcing their physical therapy. In the past, it was very normal for a hospital to have like a in 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 hospital PT clinic, and that was all kind of wrapped in the whole uh, Medicare system, and that you would come in and your insurance would cover that. Well, what's happening is insurance companies are not wanting to to cover mm-hmm. that amount, and so it's now opened up the room for people to go and make and start their own, and now go to because it's cheaper. Instead of having the facility and running it there, it's cheaper for them to have these PTAs go to the house of the person and right. continue their physical therapy in their own home, mm-hmm. and they're getting they're getting better service for cheaper for cheaper money. And insurance companies are willing to spend that, so that opens up opportunity for someone to start your your own or get on what he's doing. Like he works for three private companies right now, and he like has a different name badge, and all he does is drive around to houses. All day long, yep. and what each company he, he tells the company like uh, company A, he says I'm available Monday, Wednesday, Friday from these hour blocks, and they load his schedule up. And he's then he drives around and then and other oh, com- two company yeah, and he makes a premium rate for it because he's coming to their coming to their house, and you and there's lots of opportunity to do it well. And he was telling me that he's like man Adam, he's like there's so much money in it right now, and so many people are doing it. He's like there's a lot of shitty service, a lot of people that just don't spend the time. They're just trying to bust through people. Wow. And yeah, so you want an area that I think there's a lot of, op- so much that I, I wanted him to do something with us. We're just not at that place where we're going to get into the, the medical side and the physical therapy yeah, side. That's really interesting because I've heard that, uh, you know, the concierge of physicians has really taken off too. like, you know, them traveling to people's houses and servicing them or being available by text or phone or email. And so this is the future, I think, of health for us. Like, I think we're getting to the point where the automation is getting to to where, you know, in the in the past, like, okay, if you want to go just ask your doctor about something like you have something going on, you'd have to schedule appointment. You got to wait two weeks. You go in and see him. He's only got a 15 minute window to see you. It's like, what, what does he normally do troubleshoots it then sends you to a specialist right. yeah right where a lot of this stuff now if you have access and i know some of these hospitals uh, offer this and some of these services where you can communicate via text yep. with the doctors and then like, you, like you're alluding to justin the next step is that it's just kind of out you can even send pictures like if you have a rat or whatever right. you, you know take a picture of it send it to the doctor they'll, they'll look at it and, and diagnose you so yeah i think there's a you know going that direction i think there is a lot of uh, opportunity there, well, especially with kids, dude. So I, I'm just going to yeah, get to your point, market. Sal. That I think that there's another area I've said on the show before that I think that one of the biggest things we're going to be talking about in the next five to ten years in the fitness space is physical therapy and stuff around kids. And I think it's going to be largely due to the lack of exercise, the lack of play, and the overuse of these tools like iPads and computers mm-hmm. and phones. We've never seen a generation that is that has was born with an iPad in front of their in front of their their baby crib and and old enough to get an iPhone right away by the time they're walking mm-hmm. and then with them their whole life. And what it's causing is a lot of postural issues and a lot of imbalances that I think are going to be a major topic for the health and fitness oh, space. Kids, kids are coming in with back pain, neck pain, shoulder pain. Which was almost non-existent for children, unless they injured themselves playing on the playground or something. Kids didn't have, you know, neck pain or back pain. It just didn't exist. Now you're seeing a huge spike. I mean, we are literally witnessing the most deconditioned generation that we've ever seen. Yeah. And I know it's gotten worse generation over generation, 
but there was a huge difference. Okay, so obviously, if I go back to my parents' generation, they were more physical than my generation was, right? Obviously, because they did more hard labor and all that stuff. But the jump or the difference between our generation and our children's generation is is light years. It's yeah. so much bigger because they we went from playing all the time to almost never playing to the point where drive around neighborhoods. See if you see any kids outside. Right. Yeah. You just don't. So I think there's a huge opportunity there for you know that kind of therapy, physical therapy, op- occupational therapy, but spe- specifically for working with kids, that's going to be in huge, huge demand. Well, and I think too, like you know, YMCA is a, a good example, but I think they could do even more, like uh, you know, a better job as, as far as like availability of access to um you know different gymnasiums in the community or like having a gym that is just specialized around having like it's structured around kids play you know and like things like that that you don't get offered anymore in schools like if if they don't have it at schools and somebody comes into that area you know that privately owns a facility that addresses that problem i think they would kill it yeah absolutely and now here's the other side of it too personal training i still think personal training is going to continue it has grown year over year for a long time. I think it'll continue to grow. Now, the difference is that there's much more competition nowadays than there used to be. You kind of have to be pretty good or at least specify in, in a particular area. I think working with kids is one way you can do it. Working with the elderly is another place you can start to put your focus. But personal training's still in demand, and I think it'll continue to be in, in demand uh, for a long time. And here's a cool thing. Let's say you do want to go be a, a, a PTA like Adam's saying. While you're going to school for that, being a part-time trainer in a yeah. big box gym is a, is a is a perfect. It's a great great combination. That would be perfect. I think for if I could if I could give someone a business advice that wants to be in this space is over the next two years is go to like a physical therapy school to get your PTA license while at the same time working at a big box gym part-time. Perfect combination. Yeah, beautiful combination. Perfect. And with that, look, go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides. They're all free. You can also, by the way, find us on Instagram. Justin is at Mind Pump Justin. Hi. My page is Mind Pump Sal, and Adam is Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.